morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 294 of Film Bastards. Uh, my name's Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello one and all indeed. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we've got Netflix's big um, actioner, which was being advertised on the electronic thingy, uh, advertisement thingy outside Cardiff Queen Street over the last couple of weeks, which weirded me out. Just a Netflix film being advertised like that, like Netflix are going balls out. Uh, But we'll see uh, what we think of Triple Frontier, the new film from uh, Most Violent Year uh, director J.C. Chandor. Uh, also, we've got our latest Patreon picks review with Jordan McGrath, a friend of the show, obviously, um, picking Nicholas Ray's uh, 1952, I want to say. Uh, 1954. 1954, 1954 apologies. Uh, Western Johnny Guitar. Um, we'll also... Actually, the, the, the Twitter question um stuff seemed to it uh, seemed to heat up nicely today so um yes there's, there's, there's some really good ones in there and um i'm glad because we've, we've we've not we've not watched that much have we this week that's good no. and unnecessary we've also watched an awful lot of phones yeah partially because yeah. we've not had time to watch films yeah it's a bit, a bit late to start watching a film should we just watch an episode of bones yes an episode of what <laughs> We, we we watched the TV series Bones from when it oh, first Bones. started. Yeah, have you ever seen Bones? I, 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 I no. I, amazingly, because my wife is a fan of David Boreanaz, but no, that's never and, and, no. And she should watch it. Yeah, watch it um, yeah. So we started watching it when it was first on like Sky, like fifteen years ago, and I watched it all the way through. But then lost. Just like, we moved, didn't we? When the, I think, we moved, something happened where we just lost track of the, of the like, the last half of the penultimate season. We're not good at watching things week by week. And then the, the last season, didn't we? Mm. And we realised, start of this year, we said, you know what? We didn't watch the last, like, season and a half of a show that we'd watched 10, 11 seasons of. Mm. And that actually really quite late. So we thought, we'll go back and start re-watching it. Um, and yeah, we're, we're burning through it at quite a rate, aren't we? Quite enjoying it, aren't we? They're on season seven already. Yeah. Um, and uh, how, uh, is it is it over yet, um, or are, are they still going? Uh, they, no, they, they finished uh, about two years ago. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he does. Um, Boreanaz does some fucking like military yeah, action. He, he, he does like Navy SEALs or something like that now. Yeah. 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 yeah that's right. That's right. Um, okay. He, Weirdly, Boreanaz has been pretty much a steadily working TV actor for like 20-odd years now, 25 years now. You know, he had recurring part in Buffy. Then he had Angel, which ran for like five seasons, I think. Mm. Um, Bones ran for 12 seasons. And Navy Seal, I think, is in its third season. So, you know, for, for a guy to have three shows, literally without any real gap, almost a lap over... He's quite impressive. He he seems to understand his place, does David Boreanaz, and I think there's a lot to say for that. Um, you yeah. know, it's it's like steady work on a network TV show where 
you know, he's going to earn a decent amount of pay. He's probably going to get some good back-end stuff going on. And he'll have two or three months a year in between season filming where he can just chill the fuck out. Yeah. He he very much has gone, do you know what? I'm happy being a successful TV actor. I don't need to try and become an action star or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know where his niche would be. Like... If you tried to go into films, no, he, 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 he's good as cop guy or army guy. Yeah, he, he's 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 a good he's good at developing a character, but I would I think he's good at developing a character over over time over time rather yeah. than in a, in a film. But it's quite it's quite nice when you get actors that, that very much stick to going. Do you know what? I, I'm I'm good with this. This is my this is my zone. Yeah, oh, that's he's interesting. Very good what you yeah, I do want to rewatch Valentine. Valentine, Dave. I, I always, I thought, but I was quite enjoyed Valentine. Like, I, I, God, I wouldn't mind watching a bunch, rewatching a bunch of like late nineties, early nineties kind of like horror stuff, like Valentine and Swim Fan and House of Wax, Thirteen Ghosts. I mean, you were talking about Ghost Ship last week, weren't you? And it's yeah. like, yeah, I wouldn't mind fucking like just because like ninety minute long or less disposable fucking in one ear out the other I mean 13 Ghosts is a cracking I fucking love 13 Ghosts it's not on anything at the moment either and it really pisses me off I fucking love it I saw I saw that in a cinema in New York my dad took me to New York for three days and when one of the afternoons I just decided to go see 13 Ghosts (laughs) Urban Legends is a good one as well yes Urban Legends is a good one I don't know what the fuck my dad was doing. He wasn't with me. Anyway. No, no, he didn't. No. Uh, my dad's fucking like he rest in peace. He was he's a fucking he was a fucking pussy when it came to horror films and stuff. Like I, the silence of the lambs made him cry. Which is like a, a memory from my childhood is walking downstairs because I heard my dad crying. And he was watching Silence of the Lambs and he couldn't fucking hack it. <laughs> and it's what, like... What bit made him cry? I don't know. I never asked him. Never asked him. Because there's... there's no really... it, 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 a proper horror film. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, like it's one of those where people will go, oh no, it's, not, it's a psychological thriller. No, it's a fucking horror film. I mean, I, I, I watched it not long back. I think I talked about it on the show. And, like, it, it, it's it's an intense watch. Don't get me wrong. But to make a grown man cry... <laughs> yeah, that's a fair enough comment. You know, I mean, I, you know, and my, I, I, he wasn't a massive film fan. Neither, neither's my mum. You know, my mum always says, like, I've got no idea where you get this all from. Like, And she says it where you get this all from. You know, <laughs> like, like, it's a fucking... Like it's something to be ashamed of or something, but no, I, I don't know. It's just it's weird. Like it literally, it made him cry, and it was. And I know he was what he was watching Silence of the Lambs with my mum, and he was crying, and it was it, it was like it was that. I swear to God, it was that. Like fucking, maybe I should ask my mum. Yeah, find out. I want to know what bit made him cry. Yeah. All right. I. Oh, she's not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, sorry. That was just I like I don't know. That that what a film. What a film to make a grown man cry. 
it's a, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, so. What have we got? What have we got? What's, what's been coming out? So, Brian Singer's been uh, taking off a Red Sonja. Yes. Because common sense prevails. Yeah, and then there's another one. Another common sense prevails, isn't there? Oh, my word. Like, yeah, so... Literally James the same Gunn, day, wasn't it, that those two were in it? Yeah. Ah. I, I mean, James Gunn writer-director of Suicide Squad 2 is now once again writer-director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So basically, James Gunn has gone through, you know, a difficult uh, a difficult little period, but has now got not one but two major comic book blockbuster writing directing credits when he only would have had one. And he's as long as he keeps his nose clean, he's probably pretty fucking untouchable. Uh, yeah. at the, at the, from this point on, good on him. Well, that's it. He's it, it. It's one of those things where it's highly surprising, but also as well, I think you've got a in a weird way, and nobody will do it. You've kind of got to give Disney a little bit of credit for actually having the you know the balls to go. Do you know what? Fuck it, we're wrong on this one. Mm. Let's just reinstate him. Anything like that. I wonder. I wonder how many of the how many problems they were having with cast saying, look, yeah. I'm, having, I'm having none of this unless it is, is reinstated. Yeah. I wonder how much of that, and whether how much of that is just cast members of Guardians or if there's other people within the universe who have kind of gone, look, we need to, we need to make sure this bad blood doesn't spill over into our other films. Yeah. I, I just think it's really funny that now... Yeah he's doing Suicide Squad 2 as well. And that film will now basically be, uh, to the minds of fans, I think, a bit of an afterthought because all anyone is going to be talking about is him doing Guardians Volume 3. I I kind of feel bad for Warner because it feels like maybe they are starting to turn the ship in the right direction. Um and, you know, they probably thought they had a real coup on their hands with, with that. Even though, I mean, fair play, Marvel have said, you do Suicide Squad 2, we'll wait. But they've also said Volume 3 should be out next year. Okay. So that's, like, it kind of feels like maybe we're going to get a DC and a Marvel film written and directed by the same guy in the same year. I'll do the one. But then again, the Guardians 3 was... You know, it was all written and everything like that. So yes. you, you can imagine that they might just shoot it till end of this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah and, and, prep work's done, isn't it? Yeah. And and the thing is, if they didn't like, there's not going to be a Star Wars film Christmas next year. I don't think you stick Guardians Volume Three in Christmas 2020. That thing will fucking kill. Yeah. Like. That would make so much money over the Christmas holidays. Um, I mean, that's it. You do Suicide Squad 2, like, July, August. Guardians Volume 3 in December. Dude's going to have the, the, the potential for $2 billion films in the same year. Fucking hell. You know, probably, Which means probably you can won't... do what the fuck you want through yeah. studios. Probably won't happen. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like Suicide Squad two, it would be interesting to see how well that does. Um, 
But yeah, and it's interesting. Oh, and also um, Idris Elba's uh, apparently going to replace Will Smith uh, yeah. for Suicide Squad 2. Um, I'd like to see Idris Elba be a hitman who does quips. I'm fine with it. Why not? That's it. I, I I get the feeling that it just Elba could be funnier than people expect him to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anybody's ever heard his um his version of Dance Off with Macklemore, then they will <laughs> <laughs> they will what is it? A turn to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give that a listen. Um, it's fucking weird. It's it, yeah, it, 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 it's fun. Idris Elba because he, he DJs as well, doesn't he? So he did a song mm. with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis that's called Dance Off. Okay, uh, all right. I'm going to give that a listen. Done it and co- co-produces some of it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Good. Yeah. Um, so segueing almost like a professional recording person. There's a new Aladdin trailer. There is a new Aladdin trailer where he is both Will Smith colour and blue. Um, I'm more into this. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. About the song being in there, though, are you? No, I'm not angry about the song being in there. I just, I got reminded that, um, a whole new world exists, uh, and and it made me go, "Oh God, no! Oh, that's going to be back, isn't it?" It'll only be a few minutes, though. No, but it'll be on a lot of like it'll be on things where oh. it'll be out there on Shakespeare's the cloud. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I yeah the new the trailer the new trailer for this. I was I'm in for this actually. Not not Lion King, that can still fuck right off, but this one looks quite fun. Yeah. It looks more like a Guy Ritchie directs an Aladdin film. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what the musical numbers are like. And I mean, like it kind of looked like there's going to be a like a couple of more even kind of like Bollywood-y type, really large scale numbers, um, which I, I, I could see for like when... Um, Aladdin like first like enters as the prince or something. I could see yeah. that being quite a spectacular sequence. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I mean it just it 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 doesn't look like the Christmas panto in Scarborough that the <laughs> like the the, the 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 still images had it as. Um it looks big, it looks fun, it kind of does look very retready. Um that's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to Dumbo, which has been getting some good early word as well, actually. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually liked the last trailer that we saw in the in the cinema um, when we saw that before Captain Marvel. I was very much like, oh, actually, do you know what? It, this works for me now. The Dumbo one. You're still not convinced, but similar to. I was very much dead set against Pacific Rim. It was doing absolutely nothing for me until I saw the trailer in a cinema and then went, ah, all right, this works now. Um, we're done, but I'm kind of, yeah. That that cast, it just like, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Colin Farrell as like, just a, a, like a family man who runs a horse real well. Yeah, 
I want to see Michael Keaton as a mysterious, probably bad guy circus owner. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I want to see Danny DeVito as the <laughs> conductor in the in, as the ringmaster. Fuck yes, I want to see that very much. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm really, really up for that. So can't get know. away from the fact that the elephant looks like a bad, bad children's drawing of an elephant, though. <laughs> yeah, that's, why, that. that's a perspective. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, saw an odd trailer, um, The Art of Self-Defense. Yes, seen this, yeah. Like, apparently it's quite an interesting little film, but it is just like, what the the fuck is this then? Jesse Eisenberg decides to learn karate because he's afraid of the world. Yeah, Uh, it, 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 it seems like, um... It seems like a very Jesse Eisenbergy movie. I think it looks really good. I think it was quite sweet. I, I'll, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I will watch it on a Tuesday night for sure. But any other night, nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I think it looks. I, I like the look of it. Nice. Good. Um. I mean, there's one other big one, but I'm kind of blank. Oh fuck! I saw this. Bloody! I was on the iTunes trailer, Apple TV trailers app today, and there was this one Finding Steve McQueen, which just looks fucking awful. Um, <laughs> it's um, Travis Fermel, who I think I've only ever seen in Warcraft, um, as a guy who, like, I think he just get he's like a car, like a getaway driver, and he looks like Steve McQueen. And Forrest Whitaker plays a detective who goes hunting for him. Right, he is the lead. Yeah, he's the lead in Warcraft, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, it just looks like the old man and the gun, but director video, and it's not Robert Redford. It's the guy from Warcraft. Um, and it's not Sissy Spacek. It's Rachel Taylor. Um, and it's not Tom Waits. It's someone who was probably a background person in Gotti. Um, yeah, uh, Finding Steve McQueen, that would probably be the only time this podcast ever took references that film. Uh, any, any other the guy who directed, oh, oh, Mark yeah, Mark Stephen Johnson, yeah, 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 Ghost Rider, Wedding Rome, and Killing Season. Killing Season, the film where Robert De Niro and John Travolta try and kill each other. Yes, Mark, yeah, uh, he's he's had a fucking weird career as Mark Stephen Johnson, um, but yeah, he's back with Finding Steve McQueen. Uh, well, well done him. Um, you guys got any more before the other big one? No, no, just the big one. The only other one I've watched was um, Charlie Says. Another, oh, what's that now? Charles Manson, Manson movie that's coming out. Oh, is this the one? The where, Matt Smith one. Yeah, the, where, where Matt Smith plays Charles Manson. Yeah. Right. Now, I know the, 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 the apps and stuff like that, but Matt Smith seems like a very tall man. He is a very tall man. Charles Manson was like five foot two. Basically, what they seem to have done is gone, right... Second Charles Manson. It's, it's an anniversary of these horrible murders, so what we're going to do is release everything anyone's 
ever had any kind of concept for for a film about Charles Manson. We're going to release that this year. What about actors? Like, there's not that many people that look like Charles Manson. Anyone with that can grow a beard and grow their hair long, that'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. He looks. He looks like a fucking wild man. Of, it's a stick on beard. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It is a stick on beard. Well, you you're not growing that that sort of size of beard after like, he's only just finished filming on the Crown, aren't he? Where he's playing Prince Philip. Why are you asking me this? Why would I know that? He, he's very clean he, shaven in it, so he's not um, that size before it, filming this. He's not on the crown anymore, I don't think, because yeah. he was in it for the first two seasons, and then like because now it's Olivia Coleman's the Queen, so I'm assuming somebody else is playing him, Philip. Which Queen? Oh she? God, the Queen! It just the, 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 is this? What is, it, is this? Is it called? What's it called? The Crown. Yeah. The Crown, yeah. Is it just casting dickheads? Olivia Coleman's not a dickhead. Whoa, calm down. What? Who am I thinking of? I don't know, but Olivia Coleman's not a dickhead. No, did you say Olivia Coleman? I, I misheard. Olivia Coleman's great. I love Olivia Coleman. Who do you think I said? Matt Smith's not a dickhead either. He's a prat. He's not. He's a prat. You leave him alone. He's a prat. What's wrong wrong with Matt Smith? He's a prat. I don't like him. I just don't like him. You don't don't... like him because he was in Doctor Who and you don't like Doctor Who. No, I don't like him because I think I don't like him. He seems smug. What do you think about David Tennant? Oh, God. Just, no. All right. Okay. So, funnily enough, two. Okay. Christopher Eccleston? like Christopher Eccleston. Paul McGann. Nothing wrong with Paul McGann. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, who's that cunt I'm thinking of? She was in Doctor Who. Jesus Christ. What, was Missy? No. Who, I don't know who the fuck you're on about then. Pat Nobedi was in Doctor Who. Billy Piper? In Doctor Who. She was with Peter Capaldi. What's she called? Oh, what the fuck? The... Summer, is she Jenna Cole? Is it Jenna Cole? Oh, yes. <laughs> Here we go, right? Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I don't like her. No, you don't. You no. Really don't like her, She's do the you? Rachel Stevens of TV. <laughs> There's Rachel's... nothing going on there, but hey, just Ra- Rachel's... what from S Club 7? Yeah, Mark has it. Mark takes issue with girls that everyone says are pretty that he thinks are plain, not plain, <laughs> just 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 just. Just human beige. Jenna Coleman is not human beige. Human beige. Girl. I don't know, man. Jenna Coleman's not human beige. I mean, I'm, I, 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 like, I don't, I don't think, you know. Human beige. She is not. She is. Actually, Rachel, Ste- Rachel Stevens. Doctor Who, which she isn't human beige. She's human beige. Rachel Stevens from S Club Seven is a very pretty. What, uh, human beige. <laughs> She is. No, she's not. You've just been a dick. I'm not a dick. You are. No, I, I never understood the Rachel Stevens thing. No, she was human beige. You're wrong. That's I'm fine. Not. I don't understand the Cheryl Cole thing either. No. No. Country's people. She's just people. human racist beige. Human racist beige. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird work, though, aren't you? Yes. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, that's allegedly her. That's allegedly her possible work, but not her racism. Well, her racism is documented. Even though, I mean, like, well, yeah. I was going to say she suffered her penance by marrying Ashley Cole, didn't she? That's punishment, isn't it? Yeah, he's another prick. <laughs> let's, let's just fill the time with people who might think they're pricks. <laughs> 
What's her surname now, Cheryl? Just Cheryl. Yeah, but she, she She's just a, called Cheryl now. She, she must have a legal surname. Nope. Like Madonna, Cheryl. Has she gone back to Tweeders? Nope, just Cheryl. No, because Madonna I'm, has a surname. No, Madonna. Like on her passport, she works with Madonna. Like, did, did she get Cheryl married to that? Did she get married to that one dimension one or just have a kid with him? She got married to had a kid with him and now they're divorced now. Yeah. They're married, they had a kid. They called I'm it sure Bear. They got married. Bear. That's right, Bear. Bear. Hang on a second, what's his surname, Payne? Bear Pain. <laughs> the kid's name is Bear Pain. Uh, oh no! So like if you're if you're one of the youths, that means he's in lots of pain. Yeah. What he's got? He's got like enough <laughs> bear bear pain blood. <laughs> That's hilarious. I hadn't took that. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I don't know what her surname is now. Cheryl. It's just Cheryl. She's not just fucking Cheryl. Pretty sure she is. She can't just be Cheryl. She's just Cheryl. She must, have, she must have a surname. She doesn't. She must... Oh, fucking hell, somebody could have Googled it. Christ alive. All right, let's have a look now. <laughs> Cheryl. Just Cheryl. Singer, Cheryl, doesn't have a surname. Yeah, that's her stage name. That's the same thing. Cheryl and Tweedy. It's just Cheryl there. Right, it says here, Cheryl Fernandez Vecini. No, she, she, she dropped yeah, that, that about three years ago. Hang on a second. What the, how many times has she been fucking married? She loves her marriage. Uh, she was married to Ashley Cole and Jean-Bernard Fernandez Vecini. And then she's got Fair Payne with Liam Payne. Oh, no, hang on. So she didn't get married to Liam Payne? No. Right, okay. So she's been married twice. Bloody hell, man. She's only like a year older than I am. Christ. Right. Born Cheryl Ann Tweedy. Other names Cheryl Cole, Cheryl Fernandez Vecini. But it doesn't actually say what her name is now. Cheryl. It's not just Cheryl. It's not just fucking Cheryl. It must be Tweedy. She must come back to Tweedy. Nah, it's just Cheryl. Anyway, I think we got a bit off track there, didn't we? How did we get on to Cheryl? We were talking about people that I don't like. (laughs) We were talking about Charlie Says, weren't we? Yes, that's well, it. Do you know what? I hope she finds love. Fair fucking play, man. She's obviously trying, and I hope she, uh, you know, I hope she's all right. All power to her, yes. Um, Avengers Endgame? <laughs> Looks fucking mint, doesn't it? Um, I'm, I was all in for this before the trailer even came out, to be fair. It, it properly feels like it's the end. It's going to be the end of something. Like I know it's going to be the start of something else, but it really does feel like they're going to be wrapping up a buttload of shit with this. Mm. Um, and then and then we can move on. Like I, people are going to die. People are going to like actually retire and just not be in the other films, or at least for a bit. Fucking yes, go on then. Like it's gonna be three hours long, and everyone's gonna fucking eat it up. It is there, right? It is there a world though where where this is kind of like where they may people may go. Do you know what? Is this it? Where do they go? That's. I said to you the other day, didn't I? I I might be ready to draw a line under these movies after, depending on who goes and who's still in them. 
I might be ready to draw a line under them after this. Because I'm, I've no interest in watching any more Black Panther movies. Captain Marvel, it was fine, but mainly because I'm interested to see what she does in Endgame. I'm not really that interested in seeing what she does going forward. I think they've not they've not brought people in early enough for people to care enough about them to take it forward. Well, I suppose Endgame could do that. Endgame could do that. Spider-Man, it's fine, but I'm not hugely emotionally invested in his journey. Um, what else is there? Ant-Man. Like, it feels like they're getting rid of all the heavy... Potentially getting rid of all the heavy hitters. Well, it's, it's this phase, isn't it? It's, it's, like Ian says, it's the culmination of, 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 of this. You know, I mean, and, yeah, and they had to start somewhere to get to this point, but it feels a little bit like, potentially, like the rumours of the people that will not be doing films after Endgame are the people that, I don't know, it's just... It feels like they're unnecessarily starting from scratch. Well, Evans is yeah. out after this one, isn't it? That's confirmed. He's this is his last one. Hemsworth will hang around. I mean, shit, man. If the end of the trailer says uh, anything, yeah. it, it, it's like yeah. I, I, I think I think he's yeah. So Hemsworth and Captain Marvel as a double act. Well, Evans wants to. Evans essentially has said that he'll that basically at one point wasn't going to do this. Wasn't gonna do he wasn't gonna do uh Endgame, he was gonna finish it Infinity War. Did he want to be snapped? Um but they basically said please do it. And he, he, he agreed and they've agreed to finance a directorial movie for him. Because he wants to direct it. I mean, this this is the thing. I mean, like you could see in the next five ten years, if he makes a couple of decent films, you could see him directing a Marvel Studios film, yeah, and that absolutely. being a fucking huge thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it, I, it, it, it's, yeah. He's also he's also one who's been very much like, I'm not I'm not desperate to leave this or anything like that. You know, he's you know he's like I'm very much this is made, mate. You know, and, and I'm, you know, in a similar way to how um, Daniel Radcliffe is about the Harry Potter films. You know, he's very much like when people go, "Oh, do you ever get sick of being compared to what is it?" You know, constantly referred to as the kid from Harry Potter, and he's like, "No, I was the kid in Harry Potter. Do you know how cool that is?" That fucker's living his best life anyway. I mean, he's been <laughs> through, he's been through some shit, but he's come he's come out the other side. I, I, and... I saw a great quote through for an interview the other day um, that he was doing in, in America for some uh, Broadway thing he's doing where people said do you think it's it's unhealthy uh, for all these um, people to be obsessed with you know Harry Potter and all these books and these films and he was like no I think it's great that people are obsessed with, with books and films and reading you know some people are obsessed with heroin and <laughs> <laughs> do you know what this kid is like so on the money with shit yeah. like that he just Cut that question completely through it. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, by the looks of it from the trailer, you've got Renner as as gone Hawkeye Ronin. Yeah. Um, that fucking haircut. I know a lot of people have said, but there needs to be some explanation about that fucking haircut. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I'm just. I'm just a bit concerned as to where they go after this, and whether it's going to be as good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that's that's fair enough. I mean, that, yeah, that's totally legit. But like, you'll have the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I'm assuming Gamora is going to come back. Like yeah. that, that you know, 
who knows how, but so you've got the Guardians of the Galaxy, you'll have four, you'll have Spider Man. I like I like the Ant Man films enough. Yeah. Mate, you know, like let's have one more of those then just have him pop up in things and the wasp. Um you know, I mean, it, you've got Hulk still. Black Widow will be about because they've already announced that she's going to have a film. So, you know, it, it do, I, shit, I'll watch another Doctor Strange. I like Doctor Strange. I really enjoyed Doctor Strange, actually. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. It even does before. seem like, like there's not a lot of people asking for another Doctor Strange movie, though. Mm. He's good as part of the ensemble, though, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, we'll we'll see. You know, I mean, I'm assuming after Endgame comes out, they'll then go, right, here's what we've got for the next two years. Yeah, that's, you know. that, that, that's what it'll be. It'll be after Endgame. There'll be, I would say, around the time Spider-Man is when they'll start announcing, right, this is the slate. It's quite nice going into, you know, be, being in this kind of ramp-up for the publicity for a Marvel movie. Not knowing what... And it actually feeling like there's some stakes. Yeah, not, yeah, not, not, yeah. not knowing what the next four years look like. We've not had this for a long time. Yeah. You know, you kind of... Whenever anyone's in peril in them, you're kind of going, yeah, but they're in a movie two down the line. Yeah. So we know that they survive. Yeah. So it, it whereas you haven't got that with this. Like, it's It's... Kind of open season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it, it's um. Oh god, it's just going to make all the money in the fucking world, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, oh my words. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's end of April. That is fucking very fast approaching. Yes. Um. And yeah, cool. All right. So, you know, you guys were well. The Mark was saying that it didn't have too much, but what we watched and whatnot. It's forty-six minutes uh, by my count for the Patreon version, and we've not even uh, touched uh, the review yet. So, well, the first review. So, uh, it's directed by J.C. Chandor and stars Ben Affleck. Um, uh, fucking mind's gone back. Oscar Isaac. Um, Problematic Statements own Charlie Hunnam, um, Pedro Pascal, Garrett Hedlund. Um, that, that's the main posse, isn't it? Uh, Pedro Pascal. I thought I just said him, but if I didn't, apologies. Um, so, story. Oscar Isaac is... Uh, well, they, basically, they all used to be in the military together. Uh, Oscar Isaac's now working uh, kind of like in South America. He wants to get a wrong'un uh, down there and he convinces his ex-military mates to come with him uh, because there'll be a lot of money in it for them. Uh, I was going to say they get in over their heads, but one of the problems I had with the film is that they don't. And it really is like thanks to one or two mistakes that the rest of the film happens like they're very very capable guys and there's not a lot of moments in this film where i was particularly concerned for their safety and we'll get into it it's an odd one it's triple frontier becky what, what do you think of triple frontier uh, yeah, you are you are kind of bang on there. You kind of feel like it would have all gone really, really smoothly if they just you kind of you're watching it and it's like this this all seems too easy. And yes. then it's only because they make kind of dick moves. Like the initial problem arises because um, Ben Affleck 
doesn't stick to what is is said is the time limit for being in the property because he gets money crazy um that that essentially is where all of the problems after it stem from and then yeah and then they, they kind of they get away and then they won't leave the, the money so it takes the helicopter overweight and yeah all right you don't want to leave 200 million dollars but also you were only expecting to get 70 something so maybe just take that as a win and yeah. take what you can actually carry so they, they make some kind of they make decisions like it's to the same level as when you're watching a horror movie and you're sat there going no 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 don't go upstairs get out the front fucking door it's a bit like that with it you're kind of going no no don't do that <laughs> stupid stupid men um apart from that like it, it like it's a very fun movie to watch, but like you say, you're kind of there going, yeah, but you've brought this all on yourselves. You don't really feel as sorry for them as you as you as you otherwise would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, what do you think? I think it's fair to say that out of the three of us, this is most in my wheelhouse. Yes. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I I really, really liked it. I, I should really like it. it, it this, this movie is very much aimed at, at, at me. Um, not me, specifically. Well, maybe it was. Um, but it's very much aimed at people like me who enjoy this type of this type of movie. Uh, and it was originally going to be a Catherine Beagle movie. Um, and then she ended up making... Um, Detroit. Detroit instead, and you know, but then she produced it with uh, um, Matt Boyle, her partner, and partner in life as well. Um, so yeah, uh, but I, I yeah, I really kind of liked it. I I agree with you on the peril thing, both. Yeah, I do agree with the fact that they 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 don't seem that like they're in ever in that much peril. But I think it's because part of their their whole thing is. They, then they're never used to being in situations that they can't get out of. And, and no, let me finish. And part of their whole thing is um, that the reason why they they are as good as they are at it, and it's 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 the film tells you that, that they are essentially the best of what they've done, and that they are the elite level in, in what they've done. And so part of that is. They never, at any point, they, they never really freak out and go, oh, holy fuck, fuck it, what are we going to do here? Everything's just, right, well, what do we do now then? And then move on from there, but they, the rustiness and the, 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 the strains of life outside of it have taken their toll on, on certain members. So, for instance, the members who are still actively doing something within that field, so uh, Oscar Isaac's character and Charlie Hunnam's character, are the ones who tend to react most logically. Mm. Whereas Ben Affleck's character, who uh, clearly there's, there's an outside trauma to, to what's gone on, he he's suffered the most, it would sound like, of them in the service. Uh, and it, it's weighing quite heavily on him. He's the one who he, he only makes the mistakes. And then they're really little mistakes that usually wouldn't make a difference. But they're on their own. There's no again. The film tells you there's no, you know, if, if they'd have landed, if they were on a, a mission, for instance, and they'd have landed yeah. the, the helicopter and have crashed, 
There's no extraction. There's no. That it, it'd have been, you know, and you actually get that Pedro Pascal. Mm. Even though they've said it with no comms or anything like that, Pedro Pascal tries to use his comms and then looks at it and realizes. And there's little bits like that, and there's little bits like that throughout it um, that I think are just fantastic little bits of of direction. For instance, Oscar Isaac's character's got a scar on the back of his neck for an operation that he's had that's mentioned in the movie, but the scar's never mentioned. It's never brought up, but he does have a scar there. How many directors out there, would, or actors out there, would think to put that there? Yeah, fair comment. And it's only seen, it's seen a couple of times. It's never mentioned, he never references or anything like that, but he does say that neck operation that I did nothing, the scar's there. I don't know, it... I, it's just like from from a narrative point of view I mean like having having them all know right this is a dodgy op before committing to doing the dodgy op like on the day it just like why not move that revelation to later on or something, you know? And then, it, but then again, the film has a very simple moral code of Affleck is the one who causes all the shit, and he's the only one who dies. Yeah, and I, I think maybe that would compromise that. But it's like Oscar Isaac's character. It's like he's there's some interesting kind of like what is he actually in it for? Questioning in like the first half. And then the second half, it's basically, right, okay, he did just want to get those people out, and he did fancy having that score as well, but the main thing was getting the bad guy, you know, and it was like, oh, okay then. Uh, And and, and then the other characters kind of just felt like window dressing to me. Um, You know, right? You've you've got them there as... um, Because there's a moment where... Where Oscar Isaac's character breaks essentially, and it's the it's the moment where they're so close that you can literally see it. You can see the end of the line, yeah. and it almost breaks his moral code. And it takes somebody pointing it out, and you don't get the big battle between them over. Well, we're doing it. It's just he very quickly goes, "No, you're right. Yeah, I was stupid for that. I should have done that." And it's what that? The bit where. Um, the scene, you know, where um, Garrett Hedlund goes down and says that there's like a child army down there. He's budget teenagers mm. with assault weapons, and he's like, "We need to gun them down." And Charlie was like, no, "We're not fucking doing that. Yeah. That's not. We're not doing that." And he, he doesn't go, "Look at all that." He just goes, "No, you're right. We shouldn't do that." I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, I, I, I tell you what, that just reminded me though, and again, the kind of like the thinking of it kind of thing. Um, I like the detail of the chase towards the end, like they're in the, those people's car and then you're hearing the radio chatter of they've just gone past me. They're in the, they're in the yeah. car. And then, like, I really, really like that kind of like the kind of the tension created by on the radio, them just being completely busted and then talking about where they are. And then these guys having to react to that. I thought that was, um, no, I, 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 I really like that. I mean, it's, um, it, it, it reminded me, a lot of almost in a way like a kind of a modern retelling of um the wild bunch because the the wild bunch is a film that essentially is about a a group of men whose whose time has run out you can make Uh, anything a western but not can't you yes uh (laughs) it's about a, a group of men who who the world has moved on around them 
a, their their very special skill set is about to die out. Yeah, and they've been left behind. And this reminded me of that. And they almost reference it, it, it themselves in saying, you know, we've where the, the, what they what these characters did now isn't done by as much by men. It's done by drones. And so they're a they're a dying breed that are now left, you know. And I'm not saying there's, there's a right and wrong here. I'm saying it, it, as a narrative of comparing it to, to something that it reminded me of. Mm. It, you've got that that they're a, they're a breed of the I minute mean, who their special skill set is worth nothing as much anymore. And every year that creaks past, Oscar Isaac's character mentions it. His knees get worse, and he, he's their bodies literally can't do it. And they're quite literally going to end up on a scrap heap when 15 years ago they were the elite level of what they did and now they're left with virtually nothing because of the nature of of what they did and the fact that they won't break their moral code to an extent is, is their major failing and then when they do they very much accept, you know what, we deserve everything we get here because we went outside of what we were supposed to do. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a, any, in a modern climate nowadays, any, any film that is, a, that concerns any type of military or anything like that, it's always looked at in a very specific way. You've got to be very, very careful mm. because everybody is wanting to be so offended by everything. Mm. That I, I think JC Chandler just, he deals with it in a very much a, I think such a naturalistic way, to be honest. Yeah, he doesn't really sort of put forward an opinion on it as such. No, he, he's just showing the, the, the film. Well, when you compare this to something, for instance, like um, Sicario 2, Dave Soldado, another film that I really liked, um, but that seems to be shining a light on a different... It, it seems to be shining a different light on a similar-ish Issues. Yeah. I thought you were shortening issues then to itch. No. That you've been all cool. Um yeah, it's weird because they're not they're not really presented as the good guys. Like the the guy that they've gone there to take out is very much presented as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But they're also not presented as not bad. No. Not good. I mean I I, I don't I don't think there's a I, I mean I don't think there's a problem with that. It's just the fact that and I, I'm getting hung up on this, but I mean it. And the film's like two hours long. I just... The, the stakes weren't there for me. It was... I don't really care... that I don't really care that much about you guys getting this money. And I do get that you're on the scrap heap and whatnot. And it, it's like the, the, the kind of chance to get what you're owed. And, you know, fair enough. But then... It... I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a quandary of... Yeah, I, I, there's, there's no danger until like the final third of the film the rest of it they're really efficient like even that gunfight when the um the security come back to the place it is just like pop pop living room cleared pop pop hallway cleared what's really interesting about that one is when they actually when it starts when they say that they'll go right we need to get rid of these they all if, if you look at it the way that when they initially start doing it they're very much in battle mode, they're, they're leaning down and it's that. Towards the end of it, they're just walking around and saying, yeah. you know what, we're, we're going to be fine here. It's like they, they started 
the, the mission on the hardest difficulty level and realised, oh, no, I'm fine. I've just finished it on the easy side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like I mean, that bit though, like how they how they like they fan out and then they all start crossing each other's paths to cover every. That, I, I it, like it, that. it shows what. How well trained. It shows what 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 training in doing this versus essentially essentially just a group of yeah. thugs. Yeah. We'll, we'll go against. And I mean, it, it's it's interesting because like we talk about Michael Mann on the show every now and then, and how he's yeah. like the, the the best director for like. What watching people do what they do really fucking men well. Doing, yeah, but, but much, men, but majoritively with man, it is it is men doing what they do very very well. Yeah, and 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 yet with with this, it is that, and yet yeah. I'm I'm disconnected, and I think it's because man also has characters who just have a bit more nuance and more going going on with them, and I mean like you know. It, it, we're in Bizarro world here, where I'm the one who's not into the JC Chandor film, and Mark, Mark's the one who is. So, um, I mean, Bex, I don't. I, 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 have you had much experience with his previous work? Uh, no, I haven't actually. You sure. you haven't seen Margin Court, and that baffles me. Uh, Margin, Margin Court is fantastic. Margin Court is great. I didn't like the most violent year. But I, I, I didn't, and I, 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 I do think we need to rewatch that. I think we missed something with that. I think we watched it in a weird mood or summer. Yeah, that's literally the only one I've seen of his previous stuff, and I didn't like it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's just like he's he's an interesting director, and it kind it it kind of feels like maybe they were going for something here, but. The cast was too starry, and they maybe the budget was maybe a bit too like big to be the more harsh, maybe introspective thing that maybe they or maybe I'm reading into that, and he did want to make this film, and maybe he just got that kind of cathartic action kind of thing off his chest, but it just it wasn't as interesting to me as I thought it was going to be. And I don't think it justified its runtime to particularly well either. I think if it's, if it's got you, I mean the, it, it very much, I mean, Becky, you turn on to me after, cause you know, you've got the opening scene, you've got the opening scene before it goes to the title card where it says triple frontier. You at that point turn around to me cause you weren't, you weren't fussed about this, were you? You weren't really looking forward to it. No, I wasn't looking forward to it. I'll be honest, I wasn't looking forward to either of the films that we've watched this week. Yeah, and so, um, and then we, that, when that title card came up, you turned around to me and just said, okay, if ever there was a 10 minutes to to turn up mine, that was it. Uh, nice, okay. And, but I was very much up for it, and straight away I was like, all right, I am very much up for this. I was literally sat on the edge of the sofa for like the first 45 minutes an hour just i was that i was i was getting a little bit anxious i was that nervous for what was going on um which i think is if it if it gets you if a film grabs you and a film gets you the runtime is immaterial yeah Whereas I think if a film doesn't, then, then it, it can start to feel its length, and anything that touches beyond two hours can really start to, to, to drag. And I can see, I could absolutely see why this film could, if it's not, if it's not grabbed you. Whereas I think for me, I, I it did grab me, and I was very much, and I was also looking, going right. I don't know whether I want them to get the money 
Yeah. I don't think I want them to get the money. I'm not. That's... But I, w- I want to see what happens. Yeah. I want to see if they get the money. I think that's the issue, is throughout most of the film, the stakes are, will they get out of it with this money? Not really, will they get out of it alive? I mean, I know one of them does die, but you don't, for the majority of it, feel like they're in an awful lot of danger. It's, how are they going to get this money from point A to point B? And it's a difficult thing to care about, men that have stolen money getting it home. Yeah, Charlie Lund's character gets shot, and you're thinking, oh, that's going to come back, done. Fine. Done. At some point, he turns around and just looks at it and goes, and his brother goes, <laughs> You're right. Are you all right? And he goes, Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and the bit when they're like, when they're looking for, I mean, I mean that bit's quite good, but like, if you've watched something like, like you said, if you've watched something like Narcos or you know anything about that type of criminal, yeah. it's probably going to be in the walls. Yeah, it is. Um, and Polesco's brother, brother says that there's still properties in Colombia with. With, with drugs probably still in the wall, with uh, money still lying in the wall. What saying is we should move to Colombia and become demolitions people. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, and, and, like, when they're walking around the house, they're like, oh, where could he be, where could he be? I, I, you know, you sat there going, he's clearly in a fucking panic room. Like, yeah. He, he, that's obvious. He's, he's obviously not not there. But, then, but then, that there, you're expecting more of that, but he literally comes out, bangs off a few shots and gets shot twice. See, that's it. I think they should have made more of, of them actually getting him. But I, I like the fact that it's not... I like the fact that it's that easy for them. Because it builds up, like Ian was saying, the Michael Mann thing of people who are just that good at their job. That, mm. that it's that. I, I like that, which I think is... I like that, but I, I, I might be in the minor, minority of, of, of liking that. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I think that, that that is a perfectly reasonable argument to have against it. Certainly. I'm not, I'm not arguing against it. No, I'm not saying much you think that. I'm, I'm I'm saying, saying, I did really, really enjoy yeah. it, but I, I, there's just... The, the, they, didn't feel in da- it did, they didn't feel in danger for enough of the time for it to be... I don't know. No, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm exactly there, Bex. You know, it... it I, I I just I I wasn't quite engaged as as fully as I thought I was going to be, and it's like I specifically I don't get to watch many at home anyway. I don't get to watch many films in one sitting because I'm just tired in the evening these days. Uh, but I made like I made a real effort to do so for Triple Frontier, and I kind of feel like maybe I would have actually enjoyed it better if I had split it up a little bit. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but I, I didn't think it was shit. I think the cast all put in a really good shift. You know, the whole kind of like shit in his basement nature to Affleck's performance, I thought was really, like, really interesting. Like, I like the way that he is so reluctant to take it on, and then it is basically like as soon as he gets on the job, it is essentially because he knows he can't fucking control himself. Mm. And, and the, the way, the, the way Isaac kind of realizes, Oh shit, what have I done? Mm. When, when Affleck's like, tr- like hurriedly getting all that money. Um, I liked that. And again, kind of wish that was explored more because by the end of the film, it's, he was a great man and we got to honor him and we're going to give all this money to his kids trust. Um, 
Even though then you've got that fucking that ending of well, actually, we know where the money is anyway, so we'll probably go get it back at some point. I, I don't know. I, I, I really want a fucking sequel. <laughs> But if it, if it was a, there in a helicopter and picking them, I'm up. fine. I'd watch that for two hours happily. But they really know how to pilot a helicopter really well, and they really know how to extract that money really well. Yeah, I'd watch that. Mm. I'd be fine with that. I might be the only person watching it. Yeah, I think you probably would, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna lie. Um, but yeah, that that's that is a good point actually, because like there's clearly a reason why he's not still working for the military in. Some other capacity. Who? Yeah. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Well, they yeah. mentioned, don't they? He was forced to retire. But why? They don't explore why. I like the fact they don't explore that much, though. But if he's, if he's, because he's, he's clearly a troubled character for some, for some reason, and he's clearly been kicked out of the army for some reason, and that clearly out. feeds into why he reacts the way that he does in the drug lord's house for some reason. But you never get that reason. And like Ian says, by the end, it's just, oh, he's a great guy, let's give his family all this money. And you don't get any kind of insight, as you know, as to why, like, all these guys missed out on all that money and got into all this danger because he fucked up. And it never explores why and what led him to that mindset that that he completely ignored his own game plan once it came down to it. But I think part of that is is the fact is that these are guys who, when, they, when it comes to it, they're... They've got a choice of either we can carry him or we can carry a few bags. And it's, right, this is the more important thing. We're not leaving. It's the, it is, I know it's a cliche thing, but it's we're not leaving this guy just here. No, I don't, I don't mean that. I, I don't, don't mean, I don't mean they, 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 lose all the money. they lose all the money because they stay too long and then that sets off a chain of events and it's all because of him. That's why they have to dump the money. That's why they, they get into trouble, the trouble that they do. They're not, they're, not, they're not losing state on. They lose it because they, they, they overweight the player. They, they, Charlie Hoxton. There's a built-in... He says there's a built-in... What is it? He built in 15 minutes extra. But did he? Or did he lie? Yeah, I mean, that, kind of, that, yeah. That, that, that seemed like complete bullshit to yeah. me. Like, it, could, could, could be. But the, the fact is, it's the helicopter is the reason why. What is it? It's not because it too long. They get away from that perfectly fine. But if they'd got that extra head start they might have got away a lot cleaner than they did. Well, yeah, they didn't have less money. They, 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 they got greedy. Yeah. The whole thing's about, about, about one man just coming... One man... It, it's the thing, is if if you drop... If you if you, you work constantly and you have to work constantly at 100%, the minute you drop down to 99%, the whole fucking thing goes wrong. Mm. I mean, isn't, isn't he the one who kind of, like, forces the point of carrying all the money on the helicopter as well? He, they, they are so, they, they are so. He's the one that says we're really going to leave two hundred million dollars on the runway. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is they are so fucking trusting of, of him. He, the minute he comes on, they default to him as leader, mm. and they are so trusting of him that it's right. And he knows that he knows that the North America are going to question him mm. because he's in charge. They, they default back to that training of he's in charge and they clearly think well do you know what yeah it says that it's this but there's always a little bit of give in terms of what is it and it turns out they just fucking isn't mm-hmm. it, go, it literally goes from that it goes from no we'll get over we'll get over ah shit we'll crash <laughs> yeah yeah it does 
happens very quickly. It does. It's quite amusing that the, the almost nonchalant way that they deal with it. Mm. Again, another thing that the reason why I like it, why, but I can see why other people would. I will say I really, really like the the shot of like as they peek over the mountains and see over it, and then it kind of like falls back a little bit. Like I really like that it was almost like a little bit you're there kind of a moment of like trying to like peek over, 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 over. Ah, we're going back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean that 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 that's the thing. I think there's enough in there to to recommend it if you're minded for this kind of thing. Um, but I I kind of wish there was more in in the engine. To be honest, um, like I don't, it would never happen because it's a Netflix film. But I'd be kind of intrigued to see if there was a longer director's cut. Yeah, I, I could have watched. I could have watched another forty five minutes of character. That's the thing. If there was another yeah. forty five minutes of character, I think that this film that I think is too long at two hours. Would not be too long at two hours forty five. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It's one of those rare films where it, it's, it would have, it could have quite easily benefited from another forty five minutes in the second half. Mm. If the second half was forty five minutes longer, and you got more of the, the ramifications of, of what was going on, if basically it became the second half where they're travelling became more like. We got in something, for instance, like Hostiles, where it became the the journey is them having the time to kind of argue with each other and hash all that shit out. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were walking for like a, a days, and we don't see that much of it. They're yeah. just walking. Oh, I tell you what, as well, that scene on the fucking mountain where that fucking horse goes down. Oh, that was fucking brutal. Yeah. Like, I- the way, yeah. like the way it just gave way, and then like its out legs were kind of scrambling, um, like that was, yeah, I don't know. That uh, 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 that shit me up a bit actually. That fair play. Yeah. Um, and Oscar Isaac goes, no, come on, that was a living animal. I like that. Most yeah. times, if an animal dies, they don't really reference it. Apart from John Wick, obviously, and then he kills everyone. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> You know, I can't not see the fucking Thanos thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah I didn't enjoy that. Oh, a mule. Yeah. And you Although, he might have survived and he had shitloads of money. I did, I did appreciate the fact that when it panned down to see it, there wasn't just, like, a splat of red. It was all just money flying everywhere. I didn't want to see a splat of red. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it was money. <laughs> Dollar bill, John. Dollar bill, John. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not shit, but I'm a pretty ambivalent, definitely not shit, if I'm honest. Um, but I, 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 the, the sheer quality of the, the kind of the performances and moments of the direction, I think, keep me from a touching cloth. Yeah. Uh, what are you, Bex? Definitely not shit. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not shit. Um, I give it four and a half. St- stars on letterbox oh wow if there was a 4.75 i might have given it that Bloody. and I, on, on a rewatch it might go up to five stars i i, I really really liked it fair play it is mark nip it, it, it is mark nip so I, I i was predisposed to really really like it so i'm fine with that that's the thing if jc chandor actually i was going to say if jc chandor directed a wintry film set in new york i'd give it out five out of five but i just realized i already did 
Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Like it just came. Like because yeah. A most violent year. It is like properly. I swear it's like set in winter because like, they've it got is. big coats on and shit. Yes, it is. Very much. It, it is New York, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You're New Jersey, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, but it, you know it's that kind of area. Um, anyway, uh, how did how the poll come out? The poll um, definitely not shit. Fifty four percent. Okay. Uh, Chin cloth twenty three percent. And Geostorm, 23%. Huh, that's interesting. Hmm. Whoever Geostormed it, can you t- I'd, be intrigued, I'd be intrigued to know why. Like, so bad, it's good. Yeah. I wouldn't put it at, at that, but fair play. Especially, yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, okay, so let's do some uh, what we've been watching, then we'll uh, we'll move on to Johnny Guitar. Um, so, uh, guys, what, what have you been? Uh, I, I know it's not much, but what have you been watching? You can little back because this is literally the only one you've got. Um, okay, yeah. So we watched Made in America, um, the Ted Danson Whoopi Goldberg movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unimpressed. No, no, no. I was just, I was just uh, recognizing what it was. Was that? Was this when Danson and Goldberg were a thing? It was when they were a thing. Yes. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, they were a thing. Oh. It, it, at one point, it was one of the uh, most expensive divorces in history. They were married. No, they weren't married. Ted Danson was married at the time. Um, yeah. Oh dear. Yes. Naughty Ted Danson. He made Whoopi with Whoopi, and it cost him a lot of. He's got to get that whoopee pussy. Yeah. Grim. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's It's a 1993 movie. I assume most people have seen it at some point. Um, I saw it at the cinema. Where'd you go with? On my own. Oh. I know. I like you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, basically, Goldberg um, has a daughter daughter finds out that the guy that she always thought was her dad isn't actually her dad and that she was actually conceived through a sperm bank a sperm bank um, and goes to track down her father who according to the computer is Ted Danson and uh, then... which she, she thinks she thinks that her um, dad is a short an average height black man because that is what Whoopi asked for, and it turns out that he's a super tall, white, super tall, white cowboy-looking guy. Um, and yeah, shenanigans ensue. Yes, shenanigans do ensue for sure. It's a rather amusing bit of an elephant. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. It, it, it's got Will Smith in it as a side character. Yeah, that's weird. Well, it was because uh, he was very good friends with Neil Long. Just weird in it. He is quite weird. It's Will Smith before he becomes Will before he becomes Will Smith. Yeah, it's it's Will Smith that's still got a really big tax bill. <laughs> um, so pre-independence there, Will Smith. Whenever I see Jennifer Tilly in anything that isn't bound as well, it always weirds me out. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly is it, Jennifer Tilly is very very Jennifer Tilly in this. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. She's a bit mental, talks really weird, and just kind of like creeps everything out in it. 
She's actually really quite funny in it. She is quite funny in it. The yeah. way she's breaking up with him is hilarious. Yeah. There's a, there's a scene where Jennifer Tilly is breaking up with Ted Danson and he is very happy about it. He's like, oh, this is fine, but, she, but she's. Now don't be too upset. Don't try and stop me. And he's, he's like, no, I think it's a really good idea. But he has just slept with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, you know, he doesn't sleep there at that point, I don't think. He had. I don't think he had. In real life, he probably had. But I don't know. Yeah, in the film, he had because. They... No, they got interrupted. Uh, they got interrupted. I thought it was post. No, mm. it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, but also as well, it, it's. It, I, I do think this film would be problematic nowadays, wouldn't it? I really don't. It, it made me really uncomfortable at points, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, problematic is what it would be, wouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes, there's some great bits. Will Just, Smith. It's weird. Will scenes. Smith. <laughs> there's a white man in the dark. It's weird seeing stuff from back in the day when when. People weren't so. I'm not saying it's right that it should have been in it, but people obviously are a lot more sensitive to issues about race and stuff now. Mm-hmm. And seeing stuff from the olden days, 1993, um, where it was clearly just acceptable to have this kind of shit in movies is really strange. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like when you remember that completely unrelated but, but it's like when you remember that you used to be able to smoke in pubs yeah but it's it is one of those weird things that's like oh, this, this used to be all right the thing is make, make it, it's not there's no there's no moments of racism in it is there there's no there's no moments where racial tension becomes a thing there's it's a, a constant but it's, not, like it, 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 it's it's not even like an elephant in the room or anything like that no. it's just it's dealt with in a very Nobody in it has a problem with anybody's colour, except they have a bit of a problem with him being white because they thought he should have been black. Yeah. And that's it. There were some bits that you like. <laughs> yeah. He's white. What do you mean, like, he's... He's like a tan colour. <laughs> no, he's white. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, it's it's definitely it's a bit of a curiosity, really, isn't it, for that reason? I I, I quite enjoyed the rewatch of it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, um, and the only other one we've got is um, I watched Bulletproof, the um, Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, I've never seen this. Um... Well, this is why I watched it because I looked at it and realised it's one of only a handful. I don't like a few, three or four, Adam Sandler movies that I've never seen. Okay. Uh, and it's a buddy cop movie. With, yeah, it's weird uh, that you haven't. Yeah, uh, it's a buddy cop movie with Damon Wayans in it. Um, so Adam Sandler plays um, Archie Moses, a, like a small town kind of like crook, um, and he steals cars uh, like to order, uh, and David Wade's character is, is helping him do this, um, steal these cars. Um, but then David Wade's character sort of says to him, you know, what, what, how come we always, you know, we're always working the same bits and we cut everything 50-50, but you've always got more money than me. And Adam Sandler's character says, well, I've got this thing going on, but, you know, we've been working together for a year and a half now and I trust you, et cetera, et cetera. And brings him in on essentially these drug drops that he's arranging and doing for James Carr. Uh, in one of these drug drops, it turns out that Damon Wayans is actually an undercover cop and ends up having a break cover to save Archie, who goes on the run after accidentally shooting Damon Wayans in the head. 
which is quite amusing. Uh, and then they end up back together uh, and um, David Wayne's has got to bring him back to testify against James Carr, etc. And hilarity ensues in that kind of very much um, Midnight Run-esque way. Hmm. Um, it's right, it's 84 minutes long. If oh, that's, that's a winner already. Yeah, if you've not seen it, Ian, what I would say is Broken Up Treadmill or Broken Up Train Watch, it's fine for. It's oh. Adam Sandler um, back uh, when he was really quite funny and really tried quite hard. There's a bit where he, they're in a, they're in a motel, essentially hiding out, waiting to be picked up um, there. And Adam Sandler then is in the shower and he's singing uh, I Will Always Love You in the shower to Damon Wayans, obviously from the bodyguard because he sees him as his bodyguard. And it's, you watch it going, this is back when Adam Sandler was really quite funny. And he could do this stuff. And now when he does this stuff, it just feels a little bit like you've been doing that for like 25 years now. It's not, it don't work anymore. Mm. It, it really, it, 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 enough of it lands in this. The action's fine in it. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, had, I had a good enough time with it, to be honest. Yep. You, you had me at broken up treadmill watch. Yeah, there's a there's a great bit in it where, uh, where James Carr takes off his toupee for a really bizarre reason. <laughs> okay, it's a it's just a wonderful moment where he takes off his toupee for something, and it's like, okay, fine, <laughs> that's an odd that's an odd way to do it. Okay. Weird out of context comment. Yeah. Be intrigued now. Yeah. Well, I don't say because he's going to watch it. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. And that's it from us. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> to pay. Right. Did I. <laughs> I don't think I think I missed this last week. Did I talk about the breaker rapperers? No. Okay. All right. So yeah, I, I I forgot to talk about this last week. So um Netflix um not well not a Netflix original like they bought the rights to it, but like premiered on Netflix. Um New Zealand comedy uh directed uh, by and starring Madeline Sammy and Jackie Van Beek. So uh, basically, story is um, there are these two women who run this um, business where they basically break up people's relationships. So if someone wants to get out of a relationship, then they concoct scenarios to kind of get them out of it. Um, but one of them uh, then starts seeing one of their clients and it kind of goes on from there. Um so, a fellow writer for um, Vodzilla, uh, Matthew Turner, um, has been very, very big on this. It played LFF last year, um, and I've seen him tweet about it quite a lot. And I kind of see why, to be honest. It's, um, it, 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 it's quite a lot of fun. Um, it's 82 minutes long, I want to say. Um, so, that's a bonus, yes. Um, 
And it's just, there's a lot of laugh out loud funny lines. Um, It's quite sweet at heart, um, despite the premise. Um, And yeah, there's there's not an awful lot to really say about it. It just... I very much, I very much liked the people in it. I would watch them do more stuff like this. Um, it's not particularly cinematic, but it's funny, and that's sometimes that's all you need from a comedy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the Breaker Upperers. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a good little time. Uh, moving on to stuff I'd seen more recently and probably can actually remember a bit more. Um, I rewatched. Well, I took Lottie to see again. Ralph breaks the internet. Um, because she wanted to see it again, and it was the movies for Junior Spring and Cineworld. Um, yeah, the Disney princesses section in this is fucking amazing. Um, it's very funny. The film itself is nearly... It's 112 minutes long, and there's no short before it. It literally... Ralph Breaks the Internet is 112 minutes long. No. No. Just... Why? Why? No. Um, This is like a long time for that kind of movie. Yeah, and it just... It's really odd. Like, it, it seems to be... It seems to be common to... Like, referencing people being stars just for doing stupid shit on YouTube, but then kind of just lays it out there, but doesn't really offer an opinion on it. And it's very odd. It seems to be very okay with the kind of like the short attention span nature that the internet has kind of uh, provoked in everybody really. And it's, seems to be painting this stuff as completely acceptable and it, it, it's odd. Um, and it's also a film which literally there's an insecurity. There's a virus, a computer virus looking for insecurities towards the end of the film. And it's literally, it's not a metaphor. It's just saying it straight that Ralph is an insecure person and so he's the thing that the insecurity virus targets. And um, it just, you know, it, it's very, very... I mean, it, it, it's odd that the, the, the climax of this film is thousands of replicated virus versions of Ralph looking for a friend. Um, which is quite... <laughs> You know, it, that, that's that. That sounds heartbreakingly amusing. But it's it's. Re- I mean, it's odd. It, uh, this film is at turns prob- kind of weirdly problematic, but also oddly thematically complex. And it, it kind of feels like it wants to be more than it is. And I, I kind of respect that, but I also re- don't respect it for going down the hole of let's show Ralph doing a load of meme type stuff. Um, and I, I understand that you know they gotta they gotta entertain the kids and whatnot, but it feels like it wants to be more biting. And Ralph is basically the antagonist of the film. He is the one that causes all the bad shit. 
And in the end, it is basically him having... Well, I mean, it is him having to fight himself, quite literally. Um, and, I mean, Vanellope is the main character of this film. It's not Ralph. Um, but it kind of feels like they have to call it Ralph Breaks the Internet because of Wreck-It Ralph. Um, yeah. So, you know, kind of fair enough. I don't know. I It, it just... Wreck-It Ralph was fun and it was sweet and there wasn't too much to it. Ralph Breaks the Internet is both worrying in its depiction of a society where it's okay to be obsessed by the short attention span meme averse, but also wants to tell a story about how being insecure can ruin everything for you. Um, it's an odd beast, is Ralph Breaks the Internet. I, I, I just don't really know how to put my finger on it. But the Disney princess stuff is really, really good. So there's that. Um, okay, uh, I rewatched Wonder Woman uh, in the wake of Captain Marvel last week. Um, it it kind of made me respect Wonder Woman more and Captain Marvel like just a bit like, yes, I'm perfectly happy with the 7 out of 10 I gave it. Yeah. Um, I think Wonder Woman's really fucking good. Um it is a touch long. It is two hours, 20 minutes, 23 minutes long or something, and it could be shorter. But, so long. Yeah. I, but I'm even okay with the third act this time around. I mean, it gets it gets a bit CG, crashy, boomy with um, Wonder Woman fighting Ares at the end. But I do like what it do, how it closes her character's arc in realising that everything isn't black and white and everything bad in the world is not due to an overarching evil presence. Uh, it, you know, that that is there in this world, but it's just more a factor that helps things along as opposed to being responsible for solely all of it. And her realisation that of this and that Chris Pine loves her, I, I thought brought emotional heft to the crashy boomy. Um... I'm I'm really looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984, um, and yeah, I, I Pat, uh, it was yeah Patty Jenkins is an interesting director, and I think she does some good stuff here. Gal Gadot is fucking fantastic in this film. She's really really good. She's got the wide eyed innocence, but also the knowing what she is. Like, you know, she knows she's powerful. You know, she knows she's good looking. Um, and, and and yet she still gets the fish out of water stuff da- down really well. And it's, it, you know, in, in saying that, it's kind of similar to Chris Hemsworth in four, but they, they play it very differently because he's just insanely cocky throughout four. You know, I mean, like, I need a horse. I will remember until the day I die. Um Wonder Woman, she's doing different stuff here, and I, I really like that. But everybody around her, I think, is really good as well. Um, I, I think they, they do the fake out with David Fulis quite well, actually. I, I, I don't think you see that coming particularly. Um, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that Danny Houston being the kind of the patsy bad guy is fairly obvious. But yeah. the, the, the revelation with David Fulis, just because he's not in it enough... But and but, and it doesn't really make sense in the moment. But when you think about it, it is he was controlling everything, and he does have 
Chris Pine's assistant work out of his office. And okay, that makes sense. Why? Like why? From both points of view. Um, it, it, yeah, I, it just I I really like Wonder Woman. And deep, I just want to say her going over no man's land. I remember Mark at the time you go in. I don't see what the fuss is about with that sequence. You need to watch it again. I will. I will watch it again when I have two and a half hours free. <laughs> watch it again before Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Just in the build up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, that's when I watch it again. The the No Man's Land sequence is fucking stonking, and I, I like that is great filmmaking. The score's really powerful in that moment, and it just it it feels like the climax to everything that's come before. But then you've got another hour left after. But I'm fine with that. So, Wonder Woman, yes. Um, okay, and I think the last thing for me uh, before Johnny Guitar... Oh, excuse me. Uh, free Solo. Uh, winner of Best Documentary uh, at the Oscars this year. Jason Momoa was very happy about it. Um, and, yeah, this thing is fucking brilliant. And I can't remember the rock climber's name. Um... I'm going to get it. 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 Two, six. Alex Honnold. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I knew his name was Alex. So basically, this guy is fucking mental. Um, He is a rock climber um, and he wants to climb El Capitan without ropes. And, you know... I think it's fair to say, given the fact that this film was released, that he does. You know, um, it would have been quite something. And they actually talk about this in the film. Like, um, one of the co-directors, Jimmy Chin, he's actually in the film quite a bit. Um, and, And they're talking about what if we fucking capture him falling to his death? You know, am, am I okay with the fact that I am filming this documentary about this guy and I might film his death? Um, but it, it's also... Right, this Alex, he very much reminds me of Elon Musk. Um, he's this guy who is just laser-focused and laser-self-assured, um, but also seems to have real difficulties with navigating human life um i i I whatsapped mark a line from early in the film where he's just started seeing this girl and he's like i like having a girlfriend in the van she's small and she's cute she doesn't take up a lot of room and it's just like you're on camera talking about your girlfriend bud like really like that and through the course of the film, it, it's like it's it, it's pretty clear it's the first serious relationship he's ever had, and she's asking him, like, does me being here impact your thoughts on on climbing this mountain without any ropes in the slightest? And he's just like, no, no, it doesn't. It, 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 it sounds a little bit like a prick. I'm not gonna lie. No, no, but the thing it is, like a prick. <laughs> The thing is, he doesn't come across as a prick. 
Like, he just... it And th- through the course of this film, you see him, like, buy his first house and s- kind of settle down and basically learn to be a human. And you you warm to him and it, like at the start like i was like because that thing about the girlfriend in the van it's like the first 15 20 minutes and it is just like who the fuck is this guy but then like you see the way that he cooks food and literally doesn't have a plate he just like takes the saucepan handle and just fucking like slurps it out of the saucepan and it's just like mate like what is your life and then watching him and his girlfriend like navigate life and the the trauma he has in trying to find a fridge freezer that he's okay with um it i i yeah i don't know it's just like you've got this like i I wouldn't say he's got learning difficulties or anything but it it, it's it does seem like he could he, he, he you know he could be on the spectrum um and that's 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 a that's perfectly fine um and and yet he's okay with these people watching him climb this mountain and maybe fall to his death. Um, but then so you've got all this like domestic stuff, but then you've also got him practicing for the climb and then doing the climb. And these these documentary filmmakers, like they all like they're up on ropes with him, filming him. But they need to be out the way as well. And they talk about like how they need to be out of the way because otherwise they're going to distract him. And the sheer logistical challenge of capturing the shots that they do while also letting him do his thing is, is really quite a technical accomplishment. And it just, can I ask a question? So, so yeah. they, they, the whole documentary is about them shooting him, climbing. Um... Well, well, it's about him climbing El Capitan. El Capitan, right. Is it, this is like a really stupid question, but I have to ask it, hmm. right? Does the film deal with the legalities of it? Is it legal to do that? Are you allowed to do it? It would seem like something that, you probably are, but it would seem like something they probably should say, you're not allowed to climb this mountain without I mean, I mean, it, safety equipment. No, they, they don't. I mean, to be fair, it takes him three and a half hours. So if the police were going to get involved, you'd, you'd think... They would. They'd it, be it, It's just, because like you say, the, 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 you know, the reality is, you know, that's really, really fucking dangerous. I mean, he's he's a professional rock climber, and he's... Still. Oh, sorry? That still, that still seems like it'd be really fucking dangerous. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, they don't go into it, but I imagine they had to sign waivers up the wazoo, and he probably had to sign waivers up the wazoo, and, and you know... Um, but that do you know what? It's weird. That that never occurred to me. Never occurred to me, but you're quite right. Um But it, I to be honest, it obviously wasn't illegal because otherwise he'd be going to prison because this film is pretty compelling evidence that he did it. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Um Uh yeah, no I yeah, I just I never thought of it. But I mean it just the the filmmaking is incredible, and he's an interesting guy. And his girlfriend, bless her, like she just a trooper. I mean, like, t- t- I mean, to be fair, 
they've they bought a house together and that it, she's probably having quite a, a, a nice life as well you know I'm, I'm, so yeah it, it, it's a heck of a documentary and I can, I can see why it won it's it's very inspiring um but it's really compulsive viewing as well um so yeah free solo it's it's on itunes to rent now i i very very thoroughly recommend it cool we'll get that get to that for sure nice uh okay so let's do the latest patreon listener review oh i have kids over here does he have kids living in here with him is this gonna make things a whole lot more complicated and is not what i signed up for the family's not the problem they're the answer. Why? Church. Maria is very devout. Every Sunday morning, he sends three guards to the 6 a.m. service. When they get back, he sends the rest of the team along with his family into town to mass. That leaves him and the three guards in that house. That's our window. Why would he do that? Worried about someone taking his kids. He never leaves his money. And also, I don't think he believes anyone actually has the balls to come out here and rob. Um, how are you guys doing for time, by the way? Um, I'm okay, but you've got to go and pick Isabel up, haven't you? I do, I'm afraid. Um, short review, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, okay, you, oh, great, okay. You, know, do you, you actually do, do, do a quick minute on that one. Um, well, we watched the trailer, didn't we? And I was very excited and you were less so. It, it looks hammy as fuck when you watch the trailer. And just, I just... I, I, turned to you after you'd watched it and was just like what the fuck is this that we're having to watch who picked this fucking job <laughs> um, and nice. I think once you kind of start watching it and go oh it's not like a western western it just happens to be set in the west then I think it, it, it's alright once you can kind of go oh it's it's a bit more of a melodrama and it's about the romance and the interpersonal relationships and Emma's a bitch and you, you can, once you can kind of switch your brain over to that kind of track and yeah. just enjoy it for what it is, it's. I I, I really actually enjoyed it. Um, watched it quite late last night, didn't we? And I was a bit in and out, falling asleep towards the end of it. So I rewatched the end today, and yeah, it's 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 really good. And the bit the bit where he saves his mint, yes. really enjoyed that. That was really good. And Emma's a bitch. Yeah. She can just... Yeah, yeah, she can fuck right off. You can yeah. fuck right off. Yeah. The bit where she... What, what is it? She shouts, I'll, I'll give you $100 or something like that, and it echoes, and it's like, yeah. I, bet that, I bet that just happens. The fury in her... The, she, needs, she needs some help, does that lady. Well, she, she's, uh, she, is, she is the devil demon, isn't she? she is. She's the voice literally of a demon. I fucking, I fucking love that. That's so fucking brilliant that that woman is also the voice of Pazuzu. Yeah, mental of <laughs> Yeah, but yes, um, really surprised, but I really, really enjoyed it. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say bye to Becky then. Um, well, um, we'll speak to you next week then, Bex. See you later. Are we doing us next week, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a non-negotiable, right? That's a non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, 100%. I, I, I do like the fact, that, just to quickly on the us thing, that um, that Jordan Peele has literally tweeted to people commenting on us saying, "Oh, it's a really good psychological like drama and that and, it's really, and he's gone, "No, us is a horror film." I'm, I'm well psyched for this movie. Yes, you are. See you later, guys. Nice one, Bex. Cheers. Bye.
Uh, okay, so, yeah, um, Johnny Guitar is directed by Nicholas Ray and stars uh, Joan Crawford, Sterling Hayden, uh, the aforementioned Mercedes McCambridge, uh, Scott Brady, and others. Um, so, uh, this is a... Well, it's, to be honest, it's not really a story about Johnny Guitar, is it? Um, not really, no. No. Um, I, I didn't watch the trailer uh, going into this. I literally, the Netflix summary was all I read. And I was just like, okay, then cool, give that a go. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to read the IMDb summary. After helping a wounded gang member, a strong-willed female saloon owner is wrongly suspected of murder and bank robbery by a lynch mob. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's um, pretty much exact. So, yeah, um, God, inter- interesting bloody film, this, Johnny Guitar. Um, fair play, Jordan. Mark, Mark, what do you think? Um, I, I, we did watch the trailer, and it, it, I, I was kind of expecting what we, what we got out of it, um, in, in terms of it, it to be, like you said, that, that kind of melodrama that we got around this time. You know, you, you expect that with, with Joe Crawford films, um, and she's quite a, she's a, Force quite often is is Joan Crawford in films, and we, you know her opening this. She's quite frankly, she's quite terrifying um, in the opening of it. Um, and you right, it, it, it soon sets itself out that it's not um, it's not really about Johnny Guitar. He's he's more like the audience, like looking in upon it at the start, um, and it, it's got that very. That very stage you set out, so you can tell everything is on a sound stage. But that's pretty cool. You like that about it. And mm. at one point, I was thinking, "Holy shit! Is, is this all going to be set in one place?" That's really interesting. I I was totally thinking it, they were going to hate fillet it. Yes, that, yeah. uh, that uh, and, and you know, I do remember um, Quentin Tarantino talking about Johnny Guitar quite a lot. During um, when he was doing publicity for Hateful Eight, uh, about the opening of it being an influence on the Hateful Eight, and you can absolutely see that uh, with the opening. What near 35 40 minutes, I'd say, um, is all pretty much set in that um, in the saloon. Uh, and it's it very much drags you in for very quickly. It's a very, I think, once it. It, it, the rest of it isn't as strong for me as that opening 35, 40 minutes. But it's, it doesn't, it in no way goes off a cliff or anything like that. It's just, uh, that is such a great sequence that the rest of it didn't quite marry up as that quality for me. But it's it's not, actually, it doesn't dip down that much. <laughs> it's, it's still very, very good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's it's a proper little pressure cooker. Is is that is that first section and the fact that you don't really know what's going on? Um, you know, like Johnny Qatar's re- uh, relationship with Vienna's not really. You know, there's little hints, but it's not really made explicit until after that sequence. Yeah. Um, and and you've just got all these people kind of like coming and going in terms of importance, and and yet Mercedes McCambridge is is there as just this woman who's just got a fucking chip on her shoulder. Um, She's just a dick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, yeah, a dick, just an absolute dick. Um, but then Joan Crawford as well. It's like it, it is just like is she just is she just being defiant? Is there actually 
something going on with her character like you know that, that first scene she's in she's kind of like trying to make that deal upstairs and it's like right what's that about then and you know it, it does take a while I mean obviously it kind of turns out that she literally does just want to fucking live her life and let the railroad come through and have a, have a successful bar basically but um it's just it's interesting that it, it's a film basically about a, a power struggle between two women where mm. it, all the men are basically beholden to either one of them yeah um, including it. including the eponymous Johnny Guitar yeah yeah it, it is that it, it's I mean it, it, it's almost weird cause, I mean, even the poster um, for it is um it's John Crawford is the star of this movie. Mm. But it's called Johnny Guitar. And it's, but, it, it's really odd, that, that thing. It's almost like they went, it's just a good name. <laughs> but it's not about him at all. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is strange that you've got a, a movie made in, in, you know, in, in the mid-50s where the, 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 essentially the, the plot is... It is that, and it's fascinating the way that it's put out there. And like I said, Joan Crawford is when she's stood holding that gun on them. Um, all the guys around there are the ones who are flinching and are shitting themselves. And uh, Mercedes McCambridge is, is basically the one saying, "Go and get her. Why are you doing it? She's the only one who's not flinching." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I mean, the. Um... I mean, I, I, I will say, I mean, I thought the kind of like the whole, the, the third act with the uh, the dancing kid kind of being a bit of um, a, like a love rival slash twat yeah. w- was a bit, do we really need this? Um, even though I did like, I did like that Bart guy. Um, Ernest Borgnine. Oh, it was Ernest Borgnine, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, like, I've, I, like, I, I just... I love how fucking just set in his ways and chippy he is. It's like immediately he takes a dislike into Johnny Guitar, gets humiliated by him, and then just wants to fuck him over for like the entire like rest of the runtime. Yeah, and, just... and doesn't doesn't care if it causes him to fuck over everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> he very much is somebody who looks after himself. Yeah, no, exactly. I it just uh, it's really well it's, it's really well played that because it's like he's he's kind of pathetic and kind of funny, but he's you know you also get the sense that he is dangerous because of what he he could be capable of. Um, yeah, I, it, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's, some of the supporting players. I mean, Sterling Hayden is is perfectly decent as Johnny Guitar. I, yeah. I, I don't think he's amazing. I mean, I, I, to be honest, the, the, the man who stands out for me most was was Ernest Borgnine, but it's because Crawford and the Cambridge kind of dominate the film so much. Yeah, Sterling Hayden is... He very much is is, is playing to, to, to note, really, isn't he? That, that's mm-hmm. what he's like. He's, he's not standout in it, but he is, you know, he's very... He, he, he's very... He's perfectly fine. He's got the... He's got a stoicism to himself, but as also can be quite witty with it. Um, he never, he doesn't even ever seem to kind of try and pull focus. He very much seems to just allow it to be other people's movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I probably don't have too much more to say about it, but I just, I, I had a, re- I, I had a really good time with it. 
Yeah, I, I, I did as well. It, it's um, it, it's great actually because it, it's one of those films I would have never watched to be honest. Yeah, same. Um, and it, it it's made me go. Do you know what? I had the completely wrong um, wrong opinion of this movie, and I, I probably should have. Um, I probably should have um, given it a little bit more. Sort of looked into it a little bit more. I would say. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely the same. Um, yeah, fair, fair play, Jordan. You did us proud there. It's, there's also some quite interesting um, sort of like bits within it as well in the fact that literally everybody apparently hated Joan Crawford <laughs> during production of that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, like nobody liked it. Mercedes McCambridge was, um, as I've been herself, that she was drunk for most of it because she was um, suffering quite badly from alcohol addiction during the filming of it. Mm. Um, and yet um, Sterling Hayden has said that he, him and his relationship with uh, John Grover was, was was so bad that they that he, he they actually actively hated her and they didn't speak at all and apparently she was just a fucking nightmare on set. <laughs> Which uh, has, yeah, has, has been said quite a lot about her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, quite, quite. Um, did you do a poll for this, or...? I didn't actually on this one. No, I probably should enough. have, really. Nah, fair enough. Cool. Okay, so uh, let's let's do some uh, Twittering. What have we got? We, we, we have... Uh, I'll, I'll do our question first, and then I'll do... Um, the questions that we've received. So let me just get to the responses for our question. Uh, da, 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 da. So our question for you this week, guys, is what's your favourite film soundtrack? Not score, soundtrack specific. Um, Rick Kidd, Rick J. Kidd, Trainspot in the film is, I, is iconic, um, especially in Scotland. And the soundtrack is just iconic, so iconic it convinced the BBC to take a song which is allegedly about taking heroin in the park and make it their children need single the next year. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was. And I do, yeah, remember that, yeah. And then uh, there's a lot of very questionable people on it as well where you look at it and go, yeah, children in need, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, John, uh, Emery AFC, uh, we'll have to say Streets of Fire. It's a great choice, that. I own the vinyl of that. Um, Paul Dyer. Um, mine changes, but The Crow is the one I always go back to. Solid choice, that. Uh, Ryan at Ryan Andrews. Uh, too many to choose one, but Hackers is up there. Um, Hackers <laughs> is a fucking great shout. It is actually a really good oh, shout. Oh, Yeah, I thought that. Um, X Rental uh, at Paul Llewellyn. Uh, Natural Born Killers is up there for me. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think we actually got some more responses when I retweet this out. I'm sure Noel responded to it, didn't they? Where's that? Why isn't that copying our responses? Let's have a look. Let me just find this. Where are you, Noel? There you are. Uh, what's yours for this here? Um, Kill Bill Volume One um, came to mind for me actually. Weirdly, actually, um, there's that because there's some really good instrumental stuff in there as well. Um, yeah, I, I I will at least once a week uh, hum the what is it tune? It's like the, the tune from it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will do that quite frequently. And literally while I'm just walking around the supermarket. And very occasionally you'll get somebody who'll join in. <laughs> nice. Oh, um Noel's uh Noel said I've got three Bill and Ted's bogus journey, last action hero or black roses. Yeah, he also put, Okay, I've got five. I'm adding Rocky Four and Transformers movie, I'm done. Uh and then that nice. I Thackeray says the bodyguard. Um yeah, and in the Rocky Four is a great show. Actually, I'm, again, another one I've got on uh, vinyl. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, I mean, the reason why I picked this is because the soundtrack to Triple Frontier is really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. Like I, I was thinking that watching the film, it's like, yeah, he's got Netflix money now with the fucking licensing he's having to do with this. Yeah, you, you've got fucking Metallica in there, Fleetwood Mac, Credence, <laughs> and it's like the Fleetwood, the Fleetwood Mac one is in a fairly innocuous scene as well. well and it's it, a it's, great musical drama. Oh god, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the chain, the chain's a fucking banger, but it, it just it's um. I don't know, it's just, it's weird that, like, because, you know, the other ones, like Metallica, it's, like, booming at the start and whatnot, and it, it, yeah. It, and yet, yeah, yeah, I don't know, it's odd, just odd. Yeah, um, fuck, uh, uh High Fidelity got to be up there on this one for me. Yeah, okay. Great soundtrack, that. Um, yes. uh, Judgment Night. Mm-hmm. Judgment Night soundtrack is fantastic, you know, mixing a load of um, really good sort of hip-hop artists with grunge artists to create a really, what is it, I mean, the, the this, you know, I, I frequently listen to the Judgment Night um, soundtrack, you know, I, I was listening to it just, um, I think, well, literally like last week, um, and the, you know, there's a great song on that soundtrack by De La Soul and Teenage Fan Club. Nice. Called Falling, which is fantastic. And actually is used magnificently in the movie. Um, yeah, fucking hell. That's, that, I really, really, really hope that UK iTunes um, get that film on there very fucking soon or one of the streaming services get the licensing for it. Because hmm. that film deserves a bit of a... to find a new audience. Yeah, nice. Uh, right, and questions that we had. Da-da-da-da. Right. Um, so, Noel asked us, um, if you had to pick a director to have quit at their peak, what director and at what point in their career? By way, Bradley Porter uh, actually answered this with Rob Reiner, which is a really, really good shout, actually. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think... Where would you say misery would maybe be the right place? Or a few good men, I would probably say that uh, would be a would be the place where you'd pick for him to. I'm trying to look see. Yeah, yeah. So you've got this is Spinal Tap, the show thing, Stand by Me, The Prince's Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, and a few good men in eight years. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking staggering. Just, or just the genre hopping as well, man. He's like the, the Ridley Scott of his day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fucking hell. They are some really fucking cracking movies. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what have you got on this one? Um, so, maybe not his peak, but 
enough. I, I, I don't know how Dario Argento just didn't quit at Donald Pleasance's monkey getting revenge at the end of Phenomena. Yeah, that's the, that's a that's a strong shout. Like you just you stop that. Like that's fucking that's peak cinema. Yeah. Like and that f- fucking the soundtrack for Phenomena. It it just it's mental. Like I swear. The scene where Donald Pleasance is his body is being taken away by the police. There's just fucking Motorhead screaming in the background. I think you're right on that one. Yeah, like sure it's just Lemmy there. fucking like going at it while it's just Donald Pleasance being like covered up and taken away. It's fucking. It just. Yeah. Oh. But uh, then the, oh yeah, sorry, just phenomena, no, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's another strong show. I would go for. Can I go John Carpenter? But what are you going to stop at? That's it, you see. I'm looking and going, do you know what? I wouldn't want to because Blues are damned in the mouth of madness and Escape from LA are all good and he hasn't really directed much since then so I don't think I can have him. I think I'm, I'm, I'm wrong in that one there. Um, you could do a trapping. Who else you could go with? Um, all right, um, I think I might have one. I think there's an argument to say Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, sure. And let's have a look, see where you'd finish it. Because hmm. uh, he did some decent stuff in the 80s. It wasn't all all shite in the 80s. But then he did go off a fucking cliff. And we might be able to get rid of Godfather Part 3 here. So let me just get to his full... Where's your fucking film on front? Your fucking Wikipedia. There you go, you twat. Um, so I would say, I mean, we might need to get rid of, we might need to lose Bram Stoker's Dracula, but are any of us that bothered about that? Uh, Peggy Sue got married. That's where we finish it, 1986. So that gives us a run of. Tonight for sure, uh, Bell Boy and the Playgirls, you're a big boy now, Finian's Rainbow, the Rain People, and then we'll get into the Godfather, the conversation, with the Godfather Part 2, Apocalypse Now, One from the Heart, The Outsiders, Rumblefish, Cotton Club, Peggy Sue got married. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I there we'd lose, we'd lose Godfather Part 3, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Jack, the Rainmaker... And then you know, youth without youth isn't too bad. I do like Bram Stoker's Dracula, though. Like just from a like from, Dracula, yeah. Just from a filmmaking level, that thing is like there's some interesting shit going on in that film. Yeah, fair enough. Fuck it, it's a difficult question though. Mm. I'm gonna more of a think about that and answer it next week. Okay. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Andrew Jones, uh, Ethan Run. Uh, you have the power to turn one film into a stage play. One film into a TV show and one film into a stadium extravaganza. Which films do you choose? Plus highlights and key points in the adaptation. Oh Christ! Um... Hateful Eight and make a great stage play. Yeah, I was going to say that you bastard. Film into a TV show. Think, um, what and turn to a good um, TV show. 
Becky is actually back now, so you can get involved in this question, Bex. Hey guys. Uh, so we're, we're asking, answering the question, Ethan wants question. Um, you have the power to turn one film into a stage play, one film into a TV show, and one film into a stadium extravaganza. What films do you choose? Stadium extravaganza, Planet of the Apes. I know they did it in The Simpsons, but I want to see Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I, I've picked the stage play <laughs> of Hateful Eight. Do you need to put the TV one there? Oh, no. Can't I do the stadium one and say I want to see the uh, greatest show? No, because it's happening, so you can't have that. Oh, damn it. I know that Ian's happening in The Simpsons, but that's not really <laughs> real. It's kind of like they have a time, time machine and just go back in time. And yeah, it, it might not be long before that happens. What am I picking? A film to TV show? film's got to become a TV show. It's got to be Dark Tower. Oh, that's a bit of a fucking cheat. I don't care. A bit of a cop-out. Well done. Oh. Well, but, but to be fair, it didn't turn it, it didn't come out into a TV show, did it? So let's give no. it to her. So, yeah, well done. Well played. <laughs> yes. Um, got another question. I think that might be all the questions we've got with. Oh no, we don't. I thought we thought another one. Uh, Rick Kidd at Rick J Kidd. What was slash were the films which turned you from a casual film viewer to a dedicated film fan that you are now? And what was about them that had that effect? Jurassic Park. <laughs> See, I was a bit of a late bloomer when it comes to being a film fan. Yeah. Um, you're not going to like my answer, though. Go on. Probably like Scream. Fair enough. Really got me into horror movies, and I was like, "Oh, right. so this is a genre thing." Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, that kind of got me into watching more of them. <sighs> Vietnam movies as well had a massive effect on me. Yeah, I mean, it was like, um, yeah, a, a different sort of perspective on things. I think. And that you could you could hear one thing in the news and in the sort of factual retellings of stuff, but artistically people have more freedom to portray things. Mine's kind of like twofold, I think. Because um, mine was like always about sheer how much can I watch? Mm. Um, <laughs> Quality be damned. Yeah, and, and, and that's it. And it was like right, I, you know, I, I can I can watch. You know, with having a video shop that, you know, you, you could rent things from the quite reasonably priced there, it was like, right, how much can I watch? And then, because nowadays, at the time when you're younger, you have less of a scope of what you, what you want to pick from. So you tend to focus on certain things. So I got into, for instance, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies uh, because I did karate uh, when I was young. And Jean-Claude Van Damme martial arts movies and it kind of it moved from there so and it was like right I've seen Bloodspot and I want to see other Van Damme movies so I just watched loads of Van Damme movies and loads of Arnie movies and stuff like that so that kind of gets the, the bug going and then I think the one that the, the film I always go back to the, the first parts of my head that made me go right cinema rather than just films mm. uh, to be really wanky about it <laughs> uh, is Taxi Driver yeah I think I watched that when I was maybe 11, 12. Um, was like, what? Inappropriate for an 11 or 12 year old. In hindsight, I'm thinking about it, it doesn't. But I did. Uh, and it made me go, 
holy shit, this is something else. There's a lot more. There's, there's more going on than just what I'm seeing. Mm. Right. But where do I go now? And where I went was just watching a load of De Niro films. So when you've gone from I, I, I get into films and just watching a load of, like Schwarzenegger and Van Damme films, to then move on to watching a shitload of De Niro films. It's it, it's a leap, is what I'm gonna say. You know, you're going from double impact to one for a time in America. Yeah. Well, that's why you've got the uh, eclectic taste that you you have now, though, isn't it? So yeah, I, 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 I think it, I absolutely think it is. Yeah, that, that it's you know, I was talking to me at work about the same The thing is, I, he was saying about some of the films that he, that he really liked. So I was like, they're terrible movies. He's like, oh, that's no, no, so I'm not criticizing you for it. Did, I like you know anyone should own the fact what is it the, the phrase guilty pleasure is a horrible phrase never feel guilty about what you like um, and that's I think it you should make me feel guilty about what you like I don't know <laughs> and I, I like that that I don't yeah yeah fuck it like a badge of honour yeah I, mean, I like shit films yeah I'm fine with that but you also like good films so it's alright well that's it yeah I will happily converse with somebody about the wonder of Optum Time Machine uh, as much as I will happily converse with somebody about the wonder of 2001 Space Odyssey. Optum Time Machine is a great film. Yeah, and it, it, probably a better science fiction movie. Fucking hell, So you ruined it. Why? It just did. It did kind of ruin it. <laughs> you were being all sensible and shit, and then you just ruined it. Did I not? <laughs> uh, I think that was our last question. Yes, it was. Cool. Okay, so um, as Becky said, we'll be covering us next week. Um, very, very looking forward to that. Apparently, it's fucking mental and a really good, interesting step for uh, Peel to take. The seems to be it's probably not going to be as accepted by a mainstream audience as much. And that kind of gives me a bit more a bit more hope. To be honest, it sounds like it's going to be more balls to the wall horror than Get Out was. So let's uh, let's see what we what we make of it. I suppose. Um, so uh, patreon.com forward slash film bastards. Going to be some extra content on there uh, this week. It's uh, two dollars a month. Um, film bastards at gmail.com. iTunes reviews. Haven't fucking mentioned them in an age, but then again, we haven't had one for about six years. So you know, why not give us an iTunes review and yeah, chuck us a review. Go on. You know, go on. Why not? Why not? Go on. Yeah. Go now on. we have a laptop. Uh, I, I can finally finish those film bastards, and we can start posting some of our writing words. Uh, th- there you go. Writing words coming soon. Um, and I think that's about it. I'm going to let um, Mark and Becky have their food. Um, I'm going to watch the rest of something I started beer, watching we? yesterday. Oh, beer. We are going for a beer. Yes, yeah, I think, think we, we are. are for a beer. Exciting. <laughs> okay, then we're going to well, have fish curry. Well, they're going to beer it up and then have fish curry. I'm not going to do that. And we'll, But we will speak to you next week. Goodbye, folks. Bye. Bye. Play the guitar. Play it again. My Johnny Maybe you're cold But you're so warm Inside I was always a fool For 
Johnny Guitar 